Welcome back to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Gwen Reyes. How often do you fall in love with your coworkers? For many of us, the answer is likely, ew, never. But author Jennifer Ryan's newest book, Dirty Little Secret, brings together two people, a cowboy and a modern lady, who are forced to work together while trying to deny the growing attraction between them. Throw in a ranch and a brothel, and you have the makings of a fun romance. Jennifer Ryan is here to talk about Dirty Little Secret, her career, and what she's watching, reading, and listening to. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, Jennifer, you and I have been having the most fun chat before we started recording, but um, I wanted, because I know a lot of people probably already know you, but I wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, Well, I started writing about five years ago, um, and I've written several series. Um, I love to write romantic suspense, or at least um, write some sort of suspense into my contemporary romances. Um, My readers know me as uh, somebody who writes Western romances, so um, I wrote the Montana Men series, the Montana Heat series, and this new um, Western set series, um, Wild Rose Ranch. So... um, that's about, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's really what I do. I love to write, and I've been doing it now for about, oh gosh, like eight years. <laughs> so when did you get to make the transition from being, you know, work, being a person that is working in nine to five and working in computer um, programming to getting to be a fiction writer? Um, it happens, uh, my career happened really, really fast. Um, and I wasn't really expecting it oh, really? Um, to go that way. <laughs> um, it took me, when I first started writing um, and trying to get an agent and all of that, it took me about five years before I, I landed an agent. And then about, I don't know, maybe within six months of landing the agent, um, I sold my first book um, to Lucia Macro at Avon, um, who I'm still working for. Mm-hmm. Um and when we, when I sold that first book, um, which was Saved by the Rancher, it was part of my Hunted series, um, she bought the book and then like two weeks later sent me an email and was just like, you know, this would make a really great series. Well, in those five years that I was trying to get an agent and sell a book, I was writing. Um, and I had about 18 or 19 ma- full manuscripts that were just sitting around. Oh my goodness, Jen. <laughs> waiting crazy. to do something with. Um, I'm, I'm a very prolific author. I write all the time. Um, I'm also kind of a, a type A personality, so it was like, <laughs> well, if you don't like that manuscript, I'll just write another one. Absolutely. So, um, so when she said that to me, I was like, well, the Hunted series actually has three other books that go with it, um, and they're all written. And she was um, kind of flabbergasted by that. Um, and so she actually then bought the whole series at that point. Um, and what we did was... Um, I was bought by Avon Impulse. It was an ebook line, but there was still um, a paperback component to it. They still printed paperbacks for it. And what they wanted to do, because all of the series was written, um, they wanted to do a little experiments. And so they put the books out back to back, basically. Within eight months, all four books came out. Wow. Um, and over that eight months, the the, the fan base just built on every book that came out because they came out so close together. Once everybody read Saved by the Rancher, they were like, we can't wait to read Lucky Like Us. And um, and that book was already coming out like two months later. Um, so they just built it. And so by the time um, the fourth book came out, I actually hit the New York Times with the first book um, because the fans were just, you know, 
buying every single book and reading them. Um, and they got them so fast that um, it was a really great way to build my fan base and do it very quickly. But in that time, I was also working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, as a cable systems designer, um, and so I spent my days, um, you know, drawing schematic drawings with all this technical equipment and doing all this math and everything, um, and then writing in the evenings, and so I was working like 12 to 16 hour days trying to get these books out, plus write book, write new books for the second series we had coming out. Um, so at some point, let's see, after the Hunted series came out and I had all that success and I was really excited about it, but I was still kind of that type A personality where I'm just like, you know, that's really, really great that it happened, but is it going to continue? We have to just wait and see, you know, what the next series will do. And so I think I was, um, maybe two books into the McBride series, which came out next when my husband was just like, okay, (laughs) You're having all this success with the books, and you really, really love it, but you're working like 16 to 20 hours a day trying to do your job, the kids, and writing in the evening time. You just need to decide what what it is you really want to do. And he's like, if you really love writing, this is your opportunity to take a chance and, like, change your whole life and your career um, if that's what you want to do. And I was like, that's really, really, really what I want to do. And he was like, okay do it. Awesome. <laughs> so it was really great to have his support. Um, but th- my type A personality was uh, still in effect. And so when I quit my job, they were like, well, we need to hire at least two people to take over for you. Um, can you wait two months? And I was like, sure. And my husband was like, you suck at quitting. <laughs> 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 like you can't even quit your job properly. Just quit. <laughs> do what you want to do. But I did hang in for the for the two months, and they did hire two people to replace me. And then I really had some breathing room, and I just kept writing, and um, and I just loved it. The more I did it, the more I loved it. And, and now it's kind of like my obsession and something that I just can't stop doing. I literally was writing before you called me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great! So, how, do you so you write every single day? I do write almost every single day. I mean, of course, you know, with three kids, there are some days where I can't, but I try to write every single day. Um, I try to write at least 2,500 words a day. Um, Sometimes that takes me, you know, four hours, five hours. Sometimes it takes me 10. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I really work 10-hour days anymore unless I'm, like, on deadline and I'm behind um, because I do have multiple projects. I do have... um, you know, the books are in different stages, so maybe I'm, I have copy edits for one, maybe I'm writing one, and maybe one is like, you know, um, the final page proofs I have to read or something like that. So a lot of the work overlaps. So the hours I spend a day, um, I try to get those 2,500 words in and then work on, you know, publicity or the copy edits or those other things, too. Um, but now, I, you know, my schedule's pretty good. I probably don't work more than six to eight hours in a day if I have a really busy day. Do you find that your, um, that your stories have come to you a lot easier now that you get to be a full-time writer? Um, it depends. So the one I'm working on right now is, is just like dragging. I'm just like, I don't know what's wrong with this book. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not happening (laughs) at the moment, but I just finished writing in the past year I've written 
or the past, yeah, the past 12 months, I've written five books back to back to back. I've had no break. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so it's been really, really crazy um, doing that. And I did it to myself. I wrote um, the Dirty Little Secret series, and then I decided that I, I had this new project that I wanted to do. I wanted to write a women's fiction book. Um, that was this, I write series. Everything I've done is in, in a series, you know, three books, five books mm-hmm. in a series. And I wanted to write a single book, beginning to end, a big family saga, and um, that was it, just one book. And so I actually um, sold the idea to um, my editor, Lucia, for William Morrow, which is a separate publishing um, under HarperCollins. And they took it, and then I didn't think they would want to publish it until 2020. And they were like, no, we love it. We want to publish it in summer of 2019. Can you have the book to us in, like, four months? But I owed (laughs) two other books at the same time. And I was like... I asked you guys to do this project with me. I really can't say no mm-hmm. um, to the timeline. And so I was like, sure, <laughs> I can do that. Um, and so I did do it. I managed to write three books in a matter of like six months, wow. which was really difficult. But um, I'm really proud of the books that I wrote. I, I, I learned that I, I work really well under pressure. <laughs> And now that the book that I'm writing now isn't due till February 15th, I'm kind of just like, I don't know what, why I can't write this. <laughs> I feel like I have so much time mm-hmm. that it's like, I'll get to it. It'll come when it comes. Um, so the secret is yeah. you need to have like three other books booked at the same time. <laughs> I, exactly, yeah. And, you know, funny enough, as, as I'm writing this book that I still owe on this contract, um, it's there's two McGrath books that I'm writing. Um, I'm in the middle of, um, selling them another women's fiction book too so I just like scrambled this week to write up the idea for them and everything and, and I'm waiting for that so I'm one of those people I um, I love to be busy I love I love writing so much and I have so many stories that I want to tell um, my imagination just is always kind of working and I'm always like oh that would be such a great idea I, I do write them down now that's good <laughs> because I don't have time to, um, to do everything all at once although I would love it if I could but I do write them down um so I have like you know notebooks filled with like you know maybe a page or two pages or a line that I'm like this would make a great book just off this line um but it's always kind of you know I'm always thinking in those terms in a story um I wake myself up in the morning and I'm there's like a story going on in my head and I'm just like oh I don't have time for that one (laughs) (laughs) But like yeah, I'll just enjoy so, it for a second, but I can't. I can't really capture that one right now. Exactly. Yeah. That's why my husband was. Um, I was saying to you. My husband teases me sometimes. He's just like, you know, these days you relate everything that's happening in real life to some um, to the imaginary people in your head and the stories that you've written. He's like, they're not real. I'm like, but they kind of are. Mm-hmm. They are to you. <laughs> they live up there. They live with me. And they're very real. It's like any sort of experience of watching or reading. You're, you get so invested with those characters, you want to know that they're okay. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, and I think, too, that I relate things to real life because I want the books to feel... I want somebody to read it as if they're reading somebody real's story. Like, this could happen to them. This could be them. Or they see something in the book that 
that, you know, I write characters, um, especially my heroines, who are really just kind of going through a really, really rough time. But, you know, through the course of the book, they, uh, they grow stronger, they persevere, they keep trying. And I want people to see that in the book and be like, you know, I'm having a rough time too, but, you know, she got through it, I can get through it, mm-hmm. um, kind of a thing. And I, I want people to be able to rate, relate to that, you know, just because you're um, going through a rough time and having a difficult time and you need help from somebody doesn't make you weak or um, that, that you can, you know, rise up again. Um, so I, I like those kinds of themes, and, and I've seen that in, in my life and other people's lives, um, friends' lives, and I always think that that is, you know, what is so real about life, that anybody can have something happen to them but can overcome it. Yeah, um, the healing power of connection, I think, is what's a, a very strong theme in your books. I think so, yeah. I mean, I try to show that, you know, you can heal, you can persevere, and you can come out the other side better for it. Um you know, not that you'll forget what happened or, um, you know, that it doesn't matter. It all matters. It all makes you who you are. So. Absolutely. So with Dirty Little Secret being the first of this new series, you didn't, unlike your other series, you didn't have all these written out, right? No, I didn't. I had to write all of these. Um, I had the idea for quite a long time um, and really wanted to write it. In fact, when I pitched the idea to um, my editor, I pitched it with three other ideas, and the, the three other ideas were pretty similar to some of my other, you know, Western set romances, and I was like, they'll probably go with those. I don't think they'll ever take, I don't think anybody will ever take this idea for the Wild Rose Ranch. Um and then they came back and they were like, we want this so bad. It's so kind of unique and different, but still um, what you do. And I was like, okay, yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's because the, um, the series is set on uh, the Wild Rose Ranch is a legal brothel in Nevada. And the four girls who are in the series grew up at the Wild Rose Ranch. Their mothers are all prostitutes. Um, so I have uh, Roxy, who's in the first book, Dirty Little Secret, Sonia, and then the twins, Adrian and Julia, who are the third book, Juliana, who's the third book. Um, and so, yeah, it was this unique idea um, that I got actually from watching um, a documentary a long time ago um, on HBO called Cat House, and it was um, a look inside of legal brothel and what goes on there and um you know who are the women who work there why do they work there and i was watching the series and this one um girl i don't even remember her name it was just kind of this girl they were interviewing she um was a single mother of two children um in another state she would fly in to work at the um at the brothel Um, for like a week, a month, and then she would fly home and she was a single mother and she made more money there than she would have if she was working, you know, uh, a minimum wage job, which was all she was kind of qualified to do. And while she was gone for a week, her mother would watch the children for her. Nobody in her town knew what she did for a living. It was all a big secret. And I thought to myself, what would it be like if you were the kid of a woman who worked in a legal profession, um but was still really taboo and, you know, frowned upon by society. And so that's where these girls come from and that's where you meet them is that they're living with, you know, this kind of secret um, of where they come from, how they were raised, 
and how they got there too. Um, their lives growing up with their mothers, you know, how did their mothers end up there? Why did they end up there? And then how did it affect these girls? Um, and how do they look at love? How do they look at men? Um, I just really wanted to explore all that. And it was a lot of fun to like write these girls' stories. Yeah, I love that they're such an unconventional heroines, you know, like, I mean, they have these traits that are all very identifiable in our romance characters, but to have a build around a brothel and to really explore these women that are contemporary women and modern women, I just, I find that such a, it's such a, um, a breath of fresh air in, in the industry, I think. I hope so. I mean, I really wanted it to be different. I really thought that it was like a different concept and that... <clears throat> I like to write women who aren't, who are like everybody else, but maybe there's something just a little bit different about them, or maybe they come from a background that's just a little bit different. Um, but I, I love writing people who have to overcome something, and, and Roxy is definitely that person. I mean, Roxy looks like the epitome of, you know, she's beautiful, she's built, she's, you know, she looks like a curvy supermodel, and every man wants her. And... Um, as soon as they find out what her mother does for a living, they kind of, they look at her differently. Right. And they look at her body and they're like, you could make a million bucks with that body. And, and Roxy is like so far from that. She has a big heart. She's very sweet. Um, but she's also become very, very guarded. Um, and, and, and cynical about men, about love, and that none of that will ever be for her. Um, because nobody will ever look at her and see who she is versus what she looks like and who her mother is. Um, And that's kind of, you know, what she's been taught, um, you know, in her experiences growing up in this town where this brothel is and um, the experiences that she's had with, you know, the boys in town who knew who who her mother was and what they did for a living. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's kind of coming at, at, at life in a different way than anybody else would um, who grew up, you know, with normal parents. And that's the thing that, that she's never had, a normal parent or a normal family. Um, and the girls have grown up together um, as sisters. They're not sisters. They all have, to, they have different mothers. But they've grown up as sisters on this little property on the Wild Rose Ranch um, in this little cottage. And they've basically raised themselves. Um, and they all come from, um, Roxy's mother was, you know, a drug addict and had worked the streets and, you know, was always looking for an angle. And so, um, Roxy from a very young age was more the parent in their relationship than the child. Um, so she's coming from that point of view as well. And how, a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> and how much time between each of the books is there going to be? Is it like a full year or is it just a few months? Um, for the books when they well, are I'm sorry, for publication, yes, sorry. So Dirty Little Secret comes out on um, December 18th of this year, so just like a month away almost. Um, and then the second book is called Restless Rancher, and that's Sonia's book, and it actually comes out August 27th of next year. Um, and in between Dirty Little Secret and Restless Rancher will be that women's fiction book that I wrote, um, The Me I Used to Be. It's coming out in July. So I actually have three books coming out over the next year um, for my fans. And then the last book um, is called Tough Talking Cowboy. And fans of um, the Montana Men series met Drake McGrath, 
in his cowboy heart. And I've got a lot of fan mail for people saying, are you ever going to write Drake's story? So Drake's um, story is actually um, the third uh, Wild Rose Ranch book. It's called Tough Talking Cowboy. Um, so he's in that book. He's the love interest for um, Adria. Oh, that's cool. So do all of your series, have you now established that all of your series take place in the same world then? Um, not all of them. So the Hunted series is completely separate. The McBride series is completely separate. Okay. But I have, ever since the Montana Men series, I have kind of tied everything together. Mm-hmm. So the Montana Men series, um, the last three books had, um, well, Drake McGrath comes from his cowboy heart. Um, my Montana Heat series with my DEA agents, the DEA agents were in Stone Cold Cowboy, which is the fourth book of the Montana Men series. So they appeared in that, and then they got their own series, um, the Montana Heat series. And um, so, and then the Wild Rose was, it. They all the girls kind of moved to Montana um, for various reasons, and it, they're all tied together. And then that's where Drake McGrath, um, because he was in the Montana Men series, mm-hmm. that's where he comes into play, um, is when, they, when Adria moves to um, to Montana, she and Drake's sister actually start a business together, and that's how she meets Drake. Oh, I love that. That sounds, that's such a cute meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think fans like that, when they can, like, follow along and they meet certain people, and they're, um, people were very drawn to Drake. He's um, ex-military. He's kind of this broken guy. Um, when you meet him in his cowboy heart, he's kind of going through re- rehabilitation and everything. Um, and that's where uh, Tough Talking Cowboy starts, um, is from that point from the Montana Men book where he's just come home, he's getting some rehab, and he's just kind of in a dark place. And people were really drawn to him and wanted to see him, um, you know, find his happiness yeah, again and find happy. somebody to love. And so, so the timelines aren't always like straight through um for drake's book like we kind of go back in time to um his cowboy heart and so you get a little glimpse of the characters from his cowboy heart too um in drake's book um, which is now a wild rose book <laughs> that's awesome and I, I know fans will be so excited to be able to recognize some familiar faces i think so yeah i mean i think they love to just uh you know see everybody just like me because sometimes I'm just like whatever happened to Jamie in his cowboy heart you know how is she doing now and so in this in that when I wrote um, Drake's book and um, Adria's book I was just like how is Jamie doing (laughs) (laughs) so you get like another glimpse of her um, helping him um, overcome his um, PTSD and the troubles in his life and then uh, and help him find love too just because just like she did in his cowboy heart so I think that's really fun and I, I love to go back and kind of you know sometimes I think about the other characters I'm like what would they be doing now <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like giving them their own uh, wrapping of loose ends exactly yeah I mean I tie up every book every book can be read on its own without the without reading the whole series but I do love that there is like a continuity between them and if you read them in order um, you know every you get to see everybody kind of progress in each series so I try to keep that going but you don't necessarily have to read every single book in order to enjoy the story that I'm telling in that particular book Excellent. Well, speaking of uh, books that we are enjoying to read, we're enjoying reading. Um, I'm curious, Jennifer, since our time is almost up, um, what you're current when you have time as you're waiting for that February deadline to hit, um, what you're currently watching, reading, and listening to right now? Okay. Um, so watching, 
I didn't realize it until I set my DVR for this, like, new season of shows um, <laughs> that I'm apparently a huge, like, medical drama fan because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving right now I'm New Amsterdam, The Good Doctor, The Resident. I love The Resident, um, especially Emily Van Kemp. Um, I used to be a huge revenge fan, and I'm so happy to see her on that show now. <laughs> yep, I love her on that show. I love her on that show. So those are my three big ones. But for last, I love The Voice. I'm still watching The Voice. I love watching Blake and Adam go at it all the time. Um, we watch, uh, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and we love to watch Young Sheldon with her. So mm-hmm. we do that kind of with the family. Um, and then recently we binge watched. My husband and I love to binge watch stuff, so we'll just sit down and watch for hours. So we watched um, The Haunting of um, Hill House. We have watched the True Blood series twice through now, believe it or not. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. But one of my all-time favorites, when you're, if you want to talk Western-themed and everything, um, Longmire. We love that show. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, for music, let's see. My husband just surprised me. Uh, we have date night twice a week um, on Tuesdays and Fridays because my kids have trampoline class. <laughs> <laughs> they Perfect. go do that, and my husband and I have date night. But he surprised me um, a few weeks ago and said on Friday and said, I'm picking you up early for date night because he got me tickets to go see um, Dirk Bentley, Brothers Osborne, and Lamkow. So we went to that concert, and it was amazing. Oh, cool. I'm a huge country music fan, so um, which some people who read my book might pick up on that. I do sometimes, you know, throw in a country music song on the radio in the truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from one of my favorite singers um and then i love country music because they've got a lot of really great um songwriters um some of my favorites are um, maren morris and casey musgraves and miranda lambert and um and of course carrie underwood i love her um, new album and then i'm super excited because the pistol annies just came out with a new album too so i'm waiting for amazon to deliver it And then reading, of course, um, as you said, I write a lot, and so I don't always have a lot of time to read, um, but I recently binged, and I don't normally get time to, like, actually binge a series, but I um, I binged Helen K. Diamond's um, Bad Boys Undercover series and Games People Play series. She is a fantastic romantic suspense writer, um, and I just loved both of her series, so I just, like, devoured all of those I think it was like maybe eight books total (laughs) which I never do I I just don't have time but I was just I took a break in between writing books for a week and that's all I did was read those you had to refuel yourself I did you know I think you really need that every once in a while and um, I think any writer um, who spends a lot of time writing uh, really needs to get back to reading what they love to write too. I love romantic suspense. I love contemporary romances. I'm a huge historical romance fan, um, and so uh, I love to read those because I can just dive into the story and I'm not thinking about writing or the story. It's the, I just can like get lost in historical romance. Would you ever want to write a historical yourself? You know, my editor once said to me, you should write a historical romance. You would be really good at it. I don't know if I could do that because of the the research involved and, like, getting everything right, like the dresses and, um, you know, setting the scenes and all of that. I think it would be really hard. I really enjoy reading them, but I I don't know. For me, writing historical just seems like a daunting task. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the research I do for my books now, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'm on the watch list for, from, like, you know, Homeland Security and the FBI, and especially <laughs> the DEA. I've spent a lot of time on the DEA website writing a lot of my books. They've kind of tackled a lot of the, um, the drug epidemics that are going, right now, going on right now in, um, in my Montana Heat series, which were DEA agents. So, of course, that makes sense. But then also in Drake's book, um, Tough Talking Cowboy, um, for the Wild Rose Ranch book, um, I tackled the, um, the fentanyl um, epidemic that's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of that. But So I do do a lot of research, and I, I feel like my mom always calls when I'm researching something really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing today? And I'm just like, nothing, nothing, really, I'm doing nothing. Please stop asking me so many questions. Stop asking so many questions. Um, but on the Western front, since I do Western romance, um, I recently read Carly Bloom's Big Bad Cowboy, which was really good. It's she's a debut. It's her debut book, um, and it was really kind of sexy and witty and heartfelt, and I just really loved it. Um, and then AJ Pine's Crossroads Ranch series is really good. She uh, she writes kind of like I do with you know brothers and family. And um, a lot of drama going on, but she also has a lot of humor in the book, too, So in her books, too. Um, so Second Chance Cowboy is the first book in that series, um, and I just loved it. So, um, so every once in a while, I do get time to read. Up next for me, I have um, Julianne Long's book um, from her series. Um, what is it called? Hold on. I have it. <laughs> Hot in Hellcat Canyon. So it's the first book of this series that she wrote. Um, it's a contemporary cowboy series, and I can't wait to read it. So Awesome. Well, um, I will make sure that you get lots of time for that, because I'm going to just wrap up right now. Um, but Jennifer, okay. before, we let you, before I let you go, um, where can readers find out more about you and stay in touch with you? So they can, um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook under Jennifer Ryan, of course. And then they can also go to my website, which is www.jennifer.com dash ryan.com um, and all the information for all my books is up there and of course they can find me at every book retailer out there great well um jennifer thank you so much and like she said dirty little secrets is available in bookstores starting december 18th you can get it in bookstores as well as online retailers you can always visit freshfiction.com to find out more and um jennifer thank you so much thank you you too hey guys it's gwen if you love what you hear there are a few ways you can help us during season two First, don't forget to subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with your friends helps us out more than you'll ever know. Sharing is caring, as they say. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as Real Vixen.